Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk about virtual teaching, part two. But first, Ruth, how was your week? My week is going okay. I am, our house is kind of in some chaos because we are slowly coming to terms. I say coming to terms, but not really, but with the fact that the kids are probably not going back to school. So we are trying to make a sort of area that's a bit more schoolish for them. Oh, I see. Good idea. Eric is making some shells and we're going to like have where we can have all their school stuff and it's a little less chaotic. So that I think the payoff will be huge. But right now it feels a little like bedlam because there's stuff everywhere. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's always when you rearrange all these things get displaced and you have to figure out where they go. And sure. But it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. I think it will. And I think it'll be good for them and us to have like everyone. There's a kind of a like among a lot of other parents in that school like people are sort of like low level hysteria freaking out so I think somehow Uh like yeah this makes me feel like we're having some control over it even if it is just maybe not true but it feels like it is well I've heard a lot of advice about if you're working in you know one space having different parts of the space be designated for different things can be really helpful so it seems like you're kind of doing that with the school zone and um this zone is for school seems like it might be helpful when you're in the same house all the time totally and I think they're you know because they have started to be like we're just always here and it's like oh yeah you are Uh so there will be even if it is only come over to this corner of the room it'll be going to school and so totally well I because I sorry but I set up a desk in my room and I can't believe how much it helped me to be like, I am standing at my desk. That means I'm working right now. And Ah. it really changed from I'm perching on the edge of the couch or perhaps I'm at the kitchen table or maybe I'm sitting in the hallway or wherever weird places (laughs) I was working before. So having a spot is helpful for sure. Yeah. Uh, This is interesting. So uh, my thing about my week is um, I've been re-establishing my email once a day thing, which... um, I always do, and I'm always like, this is awesome, and then I always just say, oh, but what if I just check my email right now, and then I kind of slide out of it. But anyway, email once a day is still awesome, and I'm I'm back back to doing it. Highly recommend. And has the world fallen apart, and did and you lose your job or something? And the world has fallen apart. My oh, job's still here. Nothing <laughs> exploded. It's just been fine. Um, and way more efficient, you know? You go and you deal with the 10 emails, and then you're done, or however many emails, you know? I have to, I'm going to have to try it because you're saying this to me and I sort of believe you, but in my heart, I feel this (laughs) panic and dread of like, (gasps) what do you mean? So, but I do, I believe you. And I really have a habit of just opening my phone and checking my email. So I'll be like, open the phone, don't click the icon, you know? (laughs) Um, So that's a phase to get through with the email once a day, but yeah, still. Do you know what's helping me is that my phone is, has been like just slowly dying over the last year and a half. And it's really slow, but I feel like I'm locked in this battle of wills with the manufacturer of the phone where I'm like, I'm not getting a new one. You're not going to win. But it kind of <laughs> works because sometimes it takes so long for things to load. Uh-huh. I recognize like, oh, I just pressed that button 
for email and I, I don't shouldn't actually and so, want it to load. Interesting. Yeah, so take that phone. You're actually making That's me cool. less addicted to you. So Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? We're talking about virtual teaching and I oh, have cool. a quote kind of um I don't know, not not quite what we normally do, but it, it fits with virtual teaching. So um do you believe that my being stronger or faster has anything to do with my muscles in this place? You think that's air you're breathing now? And this is Morpheus from The Matrix, um, which I actually haven't seen, but I've heard a lot about it. Oh my and gosh, Claire, you really need to fitting. like, we I should stop recording to... right now and you should go and take care of that. But okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I feel a little like I, I shouldn't be quoting something I haven't seen. But on the other hand, it's such a good match because I... I, I um, I mean, that's what we're trying to do, right? Is we're trying to give a realistic experience despite it being virtual, um, which they did very well in The Matrix. So, so. <laughs> are we pro? Like, is it we're, the not, we're not trying to repeat The Matrix, but we're trying to take some elements from it. Oh my God, I'm just going like, to go off on a whole Matrix thing. But, but I think that's appropriate because Morpheus was like a professor. Yeah, and totally you know, so a mentor. I totally, yeah. 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 So. I am. I I do this like physics activity with the students that is like a video clip from the matrix. Uh-huh. Oh, and really? we calculate some stuff. I mean not real stuff because it's the matrix, but and I'm always like, this is uh, they're just like, what is this old timey movie you're showing us? <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, this is like the most like cutting edge. But I had a very profound experience with the matrix because Oh yeah. I went to see it in the cinema, like not really knowing it was gonna be a big thing. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we'll go see this movie. And I feel like I literally, like my my mind was blown. I was just like, what is this thing? So I have a deep connection with The Matrix. Cool. I love seeing movies or reading books when you don't know all the context that's, oh, totally. you know, that it's going to blow up and be this huge thing. Or you just haven't heard that it blew up and became this huge thing. That's always extra fun. Totally. You don't have any expectations going in and you're just yeah. like, what is happening? <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited. Okay, I, I can't wait to hear in the future what you think of the matrix okay cool when your mind is blown (laughs) (laughs) cool all right so virtual teaching we felt like this warranted a part two because we've been spending a lot of time thinking about virtual teaching and um so have a lot of people so um yeah we've been thinking this summer uh, you're fully virtual right ruth this fall yes yeah Okay. And I'm mostly virtual, but I do have, um, the plan is for us to have a face-to-face lab class with, you know, half capacity and um, only for a seven-week time frame. So they have time for quarantining before and after. Mm. Um, So that's the plan. Uh, But the lectures will all be virtual. So anyway, that's the context we're coming from. And um, we hope that it's helpful for some listeners as they're thinking about virtual teaching potentially too. Yeah, and I kind of, it's funny because when we recorded our earlier episode, I was like, we should do one at the end of the summer when we have this all figured out. <laughs> so, like, that is not quite what this is, but just further, further, further thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you want to start? What's working for you with virtual teaching at this point? Yeah, so I am, um, this summer, I did a course in the Center for Teaching and Learning that's on our campus, and it was online. And it was super interesting, first of all, to take an online course which like I haven't done before that's so a really that was, good perspective yeah yeah and I realized like I never read anything I never <laughs> read anything and like I'm always like hey so where's this information and the person who facilitated it is like 
she could be canonized as a saint because she's the most patient. She's like, oh, good question, Ruth. It's it's just right on that page where everything else is. And, <laughs> but she's super patient and nice about okay, it. Okay, good. That's good I get know. so frustrated with my students where I'm like, why don't they realize there's a quiz today when uh-huh. like here I am not paying attention to anything? So that was That's interesting. That's a good point. And one thing that they talked a lot about, um, Kim Vincent Layton works at the Center for Teaching and Learning and she was my instructor and she has written a paper that's about humanizing online teaching. Oh, cool. And she takes it to the max, like really does a great job of that. And so that's what I've been thinking a lot about. And I do you remember like a long time ago, like I'm sure for people who haven't heard it, but we did an episode about starting this semester uh-huh. and I do an activity with them in a discussion forum where they talk to each other you know, and it's kind of cringeable, but it works where like they have to share three photos and all that sort of stuff. And like, I sort of do that, but I don't always feel super confident. Like I'm really worried okay. about getting pushback. Yeah. And this course made me feel like I have permission to do those kind of slightly cheesier things. Sure. To try and create some community. And so I have two assignments that I want to start with. Um, One is the usual one in the discussion forum where students will introduce themselves and share their photos. And then the other one I wanted to do was like a flip grid, which it's going to take me a bit to figure out how to do that. But uh-huh. um, to get everybody to post, like it's only, you can only do two minute videos and to get everyone to post, what's something that you learned from taking online courses before? Oh, like about taking online courses. And okay. so I think I feel a little bit more okay about trying to build some of the community mm-hmm. in the classroom. And so, because I just, I feel like I'm always going to get, like, this is physics, why are you asking us this stupid, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And so I think, but when we're not going to have in-person stuff, maybe we just have to do the slightly cheesy. Slightly cheesy. Mm-hmm. So what, what kinds of things made you feel more comfortable with doing the slightly cheesy things? Were you doing the slightly cheesy introductions in this class yeah in this class she did a lot of like she did so many things that like I definitely want to do like one thing she talked about and I think I'm going to try and do this is short videos about your syllabus so I think I'm going to do that and then she had like a lot of icebreaker stuff the first week like Mm -hmm. we had to do stuff and then she had like just stuff about the content but we answered it through Flipgrid okay like using those videos and that was super cool And she would do like a video at the beginning of every week being like, hey, everyone, here's a reflection of what we did last week. And here's what we're going to do. Oh, that's a good idea. And like all the reminders about don't forget Wednesday's the day when you need to post blah, blah, blah. And so doing that kind of stuff and even just having a welcome video, like that was one of our assignments that we had. To to make make a a welcome welcome video video for your class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, I think, and I think I feel a little bit more like, it's certainly stuff I've seen people do and being like, that's cool, but kind of hearing, and then also seeing the faculty discussions about what other people were going to do and realizing like, oh, hey, a whole bunch of people are going to do this and it's not going to be this weird, abnormal thing. Right. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did the Flipgrid videos work from your end as a student? You recorded a two minute thing and posted it or, or, or what? Yeah, and it was, again, being, like, technophobic and not very good at, you know, using new technology. But it was this app, and you just clicked, like, a plus, 
and then you recorded your video and you could check it and then you could upload it. I see. So pretty simple. That's good. Mm -hmm. And then you could just see everyone else's. And then there was like a part of the assignment was you had to reply to two other people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about what they said and stuff. So I think one of the assignments I made up as part of the course too was, I think, did we talk about, we talked about before labs Mm -hmm. and I'm having a lot of anxiety about labs. So Mm -hmm. this assignment will be, like you have to kind of share what was your favorite lab and why and then mm-hmm. you have to comment on each other's and that, that makes sort of sense. stuff cool so yeah so that's well, I like that's it. the stuff i'm kind of excited about but i haven't done any of it yet but anyway you never yeah. know yeah. maybe it'll all get done but how about you what's working <laughs> for you for me i'm thinking a lot about communication with the students and in particular mm-hmm. enhanced communication with the students so um usually i send out a two emails in the summer that are pre-class emails, you know, where I say, this is the textbook. And if you get it early in the summer, it's cheaper. And um, I tell them about the online homework that they have to purchase. And it's easier if they purchase it before they have to actually start working on homework. So I send out a couple emails, usually in the summer. Um, But this summer, I sent out um, an email explaining how the class will work because it was you know, less obvious how the class would work. And then I got a few questions back. So then I sent a more thorough email to everybody explaining how it would work. And then I got a thank you email saying, thanks for keeping them updated with what's going on. So anyway, I'm seeing all this as an example of the need for enhanced um, communication in in this situation. Since there are so many different ways that people can choose to set up virtual classes, and since it's so unfamiliar to everyone, I think the extra communication is helpful. So I'm going to try to remember that throughout the semester. And, um, and your thought of having a video at the beginning of each week, like Kim Vincent Layton did, with reminders and yeah. check-ins and stuff. That seems like really a good way to do And a couple of times that. she actually just did audio. Oh, like cool. She just had like an audio file of like, hey, everyone. And yeah. That's great. Because, you know, at the beginning of every lecture, I normally say, hey, guys, remember that these things are due and the exam's in two weeks or whatever. And it's it's I like the idea of having that be a separate short video that you can just check real quick instead of having it be... Well, I don't know, maybe in addition to having it be the normal lecture. Well, and that's something that I had kind of... So, like, I'm going to record little video snippets of mm-hmm. the material that they're going to watch separately. But um, that's the thing I was, like, kind of worrying about because I want to make those relatively robust, as in I could use them next semester. And uh-huh. it's not going to be super like, oh, remember last Thursday when I talked to you guys? Or, you know, that stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was kind of like, oh, that leaves out all of that stuff. So maybe this weekly update thing could be yeah. where that other stuff goes. I think that's a great idea because that that's I'm feeling the same way of like I I like the idea of the videos being reusable, but I'm finding a conflict if I like to make them personal and therefore yeah refer to things that are happening right now. Um, just like you know your exam yesterday or you know that kind of thing. Oh, totally. But this is a good way, a good balance for that. So I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm into that. That's cool. Um, the other thing that's working is the break. Oh, are you going to say something else? No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, the, I just wanted to highlight the breakout rooms on Zoom for using group work in class. And um, I'm planning to use that heavily. I used that last semester, but I'm planning to use it even more this semester for the student-to-student interaction, which I yeah. think is so important to intentionally foster this semester when they're not going to be sitting next to each other and walking into the class and out of the class with each other. Um, and it's also how active learning choose? and it's kind of like how I normally teach with just like, you know, 
okay, now talk amongst yourselves for a second about this topic, and then we'll come back, you know? So I feel like it fits really well with um, making it seem more like you're in the classroom, you know? Totally. Okay, I have two questions. Uh-huh. One is, how do you how are you going to choose the groups? And then two mm-hmm. is, when I did the breakout groups in Zoom, every week I would set them up, and then mm-hmm. every week during the thing, it wouldn't put the people... Oh, really? Like, it would sort of reset somehow. But I don't know if I was just doing something wrong. Those are great questions. Um, so far, I have only done random breakout rooms, but I know you can you know sort them in advance and have them go but i i haven't i don't know the technical things of how to make that work but i'll figure that out at some point soon um how to make the groups um that is a huge question that i am really interested in learning more about how to do that and um i feel like at first i might make them random because i don't really know the students but then it would be nice to have some variety of um comfort with the material in each group and then it's also important to consider um minoritized people and you wouldn't necessarily want to have just one minoritized person in a group it might be better to have a couple um in general i don't like to put friends together just because then that's an you know they're probably going to work together anyway outside the class and that kind of i i worry that it throws off the group dynamic to have a couple friends in the group on the other hand in this case when they're not necessarily sitting next to their friends normally, I'm not sure that might change my my methods a little bit. So, yeah, I have lots of thoughts about group work, but not really a good answer. <laughs> of exactly I, I feel like it. you've just verbalized a lot of my thoughts. <laughs> where I'm like, on one um, hand this, but then this yeah. and that. Yeah. So what I'm planning to do um, right now is come up with some groups, keep them for maybe a month so that you know, I like to have the groups be the same for a while so that they can get a good group dynamic going and be comfortable with each other. But if there's a problem, I don't want that to go the whole semester. So I'm thinking about changing them every month. That's what I'm currently doing to try to balance those. Have we, we should do an episode of our group work. We totally should. Dude. I'm so interested in figuring this I mean, out. The reason I haven't really, because <laughs> I don't, I just don't know. And I feel like I've read and seen so many things that all say opposite things about what's a healthy good group and Mm -hmm. the biggest question I have is just like if you have a person who has been an issue Mm -hmm. who do you inflict them on next do you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna switch the groups around and you know somebody is difficult to work with do you know what I mean I mean there is a chance obviously they could be maybe they won't be difficult in a different group in a different group yeah and you can also talk to the person and try to show them the benefits of working in the group if if that's the problem yeah but My yeah face i know is that going is red challenge. imagining that conversation I but yeah <laughs> like, I oh God, Claire, can you do that for me well but, we'll um... have a whole episode about groups that's a good idea <laughs> okay um okay i had two more things i wanted to say about that was oh, um i often hear a complaint about the breakout rooms and how there's a time a loss a time sink to get in and out of the breakout rooms mm-hmm. and um and that's totally true But my thought is, normally it takes me a good two minutes of waving my arms around frantically to get everybody back (laughs) into the main group anyway. So on the Zoom, at least you say, end the breakout rooms and they're gone. Yeah, that's um, true. (laughs) So I I don't know. I haven't haven't tested it enough to tell whether it's actually a time sink for me. But um, 
I definitely waste a lot of time waving my arms around like oh, a maniac, which is everyone. fun. But um. I know it's like there is this <laughs> tipping point where you're like, woohoo, they're all talking so much. And then you're like, OK, actually, they're just talking too OK, much. but like, really. <laughs> yeah. Like we just like go back to me being in charge. And, yeah. I know. But, OK. And the last thing I want to say about this was I did um, try this cool other program that's not Zoom at a conference I went to recently called Gather Town. If you go to gather.town. Oh. Have you tried this, Ruth? It was actually at the AAPT conference. Oh, there you go. So yeah, so in this in this you know, virtual world, you're a little avatar and you walk around a room and whenever you walk next to someone else's avatar, you can see everyone's avatars. You're like, you know, bird's eye view of the room. Whenever you walk next to someone else's avatar, you are instantly in a video chat with them and it could be however many people. And so that's got a lot of potential, I think, for group work. It's got a lot of potential for conferences, at poster sessions, um but yeah, I, I think it could work really well for group work. And then you as the instructor can walk around physically in your as your little avatar to the different groups. So um, anyway, I wanted to throw that out there as a potentially useful tool. That does sound super useful. And it was, I, like, I did it in the conference, like they had like a coffee lounge and yeah. you could go in there. And it was still kind of mortifying, though, when you go up just... and just lurk. And like, I was like, maybe it won't be embarrassing when it's virtual. It's like, oh, no, it's still... It was so pretty weird. much the same as yeah. <laughs> as in person for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could just run away without right. having to. Yeah, yeah. so that was good That's too. That's true. Cool. Okay, I love all of those. Uh, cool. Okay, so what are what are you working on with virtual teaching? Oh, dude, just everything. I mean, part of like I sort of wrote this in both columns of working on and working like well, and. Like okay. one of the things is like this is a really good opportunity to revisit a lot of things and think it about is. like why do I do that lab like is that necessary or uh-huh. you know that stuff but then that's that in itself is kind of overwhelming too it is like it's then hard you just to throw know. everything out and then- <laughs> <laughs> it's like the matrix you're like what's real I don't even know anymore <laughs> so like, yeah totally and I think okay one thing I'm really struggling with is time commitments okay and what i'm asking of the students like feels intense okay but it's weird because this class i'm teaching we would have normally been together seven hours a week Mm -hmm. if we were like really in person and now we're going to meet for like you know probably 90 minutes to two hours Mm -hmm. once a week and so i'm asking them to do a lot of stuff like so I want to ask them to watch the lecture videos and then do some kind of quiz to sort of demonstrate that they watch the videos. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to have homework due every week. They're going to have a lab every second week. They're going to have a problem solving quiz. They might have a reading reflection. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a lot. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. And I, I think something, as we all know, if you've listened to the podcast before, like I really want there to be rules yeah. and I just want there to be X amount of work or, right, you know, and so, yeah, so I think I'm going to try and be quite clear in talking to them about it and saying, you know, my job here is to really prepare you as well as I can for the future classes you're going to take while also trying to be aware of like life stuff happening. Yeah. But we still have to get this stuff done. So I think I'm wondering, am I asking too much? And then another thing is, another thing I'm frustrated about is like, why didn't I either start this preparation earlier or (laughs) acknowledge that I wasn't going to start it and just take a real break and not have delusions that I was going to do it? Do you know what I mean? That's like the story of 
every weekend. You know, you have to decide <laughs> oh, you're going to take a break or or not. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, because here we are and we don't have that much time. And it's like I have been thinking I was about to start preparing materials like any minute now for like a good month. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, it sounds I, like you've oh. thought about it a lot. And, and I really like your ideas of telling them explicitly why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you're not just trying to be a pain. You're trying to yeah. prepare them. And you have been very intentional about selecting what to do um, based on that. And so I think the more explicitly you explain that, hopefully the better they'll be on board with the variety of tasks. Yeah. It just, it feels like so much to ask yeah. them to do every week. But then I'm trying to remember this is replacing class time. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm suddenly, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. instead of coming to lab for three hours, they're going to do this thing. Which, right. I mean, even if it takes them three hours, that's the same amount of time. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough. I mean, I think as long as you're confident that all these things are worth doing, and are replacing, you know, that they're, as long as you're being intentional, that these are really the mm-hmm. things that they should be doing for the class, then I think, I think you're good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. That's like, I'm just like gazing at you with like despair in my face. But anyway, what <laughs> yeah, are you I'm working sure on? Good. I'm working on testing. Oh, um, dude. Which for me right now with my class is wide open. Um, I normally do individual exams, and so I could have do individual exams like normal. Um, I think for my class, that would take the format of them working out the exams by hand and then taking pictures and just uploading their work, Um, Mm -hmm. because my, you know, the problems they do for my class doesn't really work well with typing. Um, So that's totally an option, but it just feels a little weird for them to be taking a test alone at home. It's so tempting to cheat in that situation. And anyway, I'm just kind of rethinking it and wondering what the best things to do are. So one approach I'm thinking about is this group test approach that I read about in an article by Tom Wenzel that I'll I'll link. And he described um, his system for doing a test where the students first do the test by themselves and, you know, honor code by themselves without resources. Then they submit their own test. Then you all get on this group Zoom call and they got in their normal groups and they each, each group had a portion of the exam that was assigned to them. And as a group, they came to consensus about the answers to those problems in their oh. section of the exam. And then you bring the whole class together and you go through the whole test and each group you know, reports out what they think the answers are for theirs and the class comes to a consensus. And so in that case... Um, well, the things that I really like about it is that the test becomes really a learning experience. You know, somebody says, oh, I think it's this way. You have to think about that. You're like, oh, maybe it's this way. Um, Tom Wenzel mentioned there were a few times where a small minority convinced the whole class of an answer that was correct or where, you know, the group changed their mind about the right answer. And so, yeah, I, I love how it becomes a learning experience and it's very interactive, um, the, the only challenge that I'm, uh, I mean, how to grade is one thing. You've got this group score and you've got the individual score, so you'd have to figure out some weighting system. Um, and also it takes a lot of time. Like in the paper, he said it took two hours for the group portion, and he had a pretty small class. So 
that's a lot of time for exams, a lot of class time. So I'm trying to figure out how that would work. It could just be for the final or um, I'm not really sure. But it does seem like it has a lot of value. So I'm, I'm considering how to how to do that. Dude, this is so interesting. I'm super, I'm super into this and I'm super into hearing about the grading scheme. But one thing, um, this week I did like a small workshop that was uh-huh. run by Escala. I think I've talked on here about them where they do like professional development opportunities for people working at Hispanic serving institutions. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they talked about was this kind of predominance in how we work in the individualistic sort of mindset Mm -hmm. as opposed to collective and like from an equity standpoint like there is people who just thrive so much more when they're working together as a group and Mm -hmm. the like motto kind of is like we're all going to get across the finish line together like that's a lot more appealing than the kind of competitive individualistic like you know so that's super interesting yeah I think I think it's really cool um and you could make it shorter of course by having fewer problems and so anyway, I, I'm thinking about that. At least for the final, I think that would be lovely. And maybe maybe for all the tests. I'm, I'm not sure. I love that. Cool. I think, but yeah, I feel like with the exams, it's a real, I, I, I'm really stumped about what to do mm-hmm. about the exams. And I feel like I definitely don't want to go the route of, apparently you can get this like software where it watches the person taking yeah, the test or something. A, and yeah, yeah. I I prefer to go the route of saying honor code I trust you guys and like putting the trust like I'm trusting them and they're going to hopefully find that motivating Um, and most of them I'm sure wouldn't cheat but it's just so tempting if you're just sitting in your room alone struggling you know so I don't really want to put them in that position yeah I'm hearing about people doing a lot of like projects like having part of a project but Again, that's creativity to kind of, yeah. And it depends what your learning goals are. You know, there's particular problems that I really want them to know how to do. So I want them to demonstrate that in some kind of timed setting. And that's that's my my learning outcomes for this class, you know. But uh, but But yeah, I I mean, other ones might be great for groups, group projects. Yeah. Okay, I'm super, I'm super curious to see how this goes. This is yeah, super cool. me too. Yeah. Well, I think like, I mean, that's the thing. This stuff is like, it feels overwhelming to me. But honestly, in some ways, it's it kind of energizing because it's like, oh, what about this? What about that? And, totally. You know, like it definitely is generative. Like it's like, you kind of like, oh, I wonder could this work and that work? And Totally. Yeah. I love it. Daunting, but potential. There's potential there for cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, a great time to to try try some things out, and maybe virtual teaching part three will be when we're experts. We'll <laughs> yes, we'll be back when yes. we actually have tried these things. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thanks, Ruth. This has been very Thank helpful. Thank you. That was awesome, and thanks, Ralph. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.